Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yep, across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com, where you'll find everything that has to do with the radio show. (laughs) Everything. Audio-only live stream, links to our podcast, available on CastBox, Stitcher, iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And, of course, links to the audio-only live stream, where we stream the show every morning. You can do it on the website, you can do it on TuneIn Radio, and of course broadcasting across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator on plain old regular terrestrial radio where it's still free. Yeah, yeah that's right. Ah, hi, welcome to Thursday. <clears throat> Thursday, Thursday, which is means that tomorrow is Firearms Friday. We can't uh, TGIFF uh, ready to... Uh, Talk about stuff. Uh, I wish today was Firearms Friday. Quite honestly, there's some good there's some good news, some good stories out there, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking about stuff with you uh, uh, in regards to the Second Amendment. But that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. So we've got lots of stuff to talk about today. A bunch of different stories from around the state of Alaska, but we have no guests, and um, I have a few things that I'd like to discuss, but. Uh, no real plan as to far as to you know structure or what we're gonna do. So we're gonna just gonna we're gonna wing it, wing it, and see what it is that you guys want to talk about. So that means open line, open form first and foremost. Uh, we'll uh, let you help drive the discussion today. I've got some good news stories, good news, uh, including <clears throat> the uh, discovery of. Uh, the discovery of the legitimate real t- a real life Tatooine, which I think is kind of cool. Talk a little bit about 3D printing homes. Uh, we'll talk about elephants doing yoga and uh, more. There's some there's some there's some good news stories out there uh, for that. Plus the latest actions of Representative Mary Peltola um, and Dan Sullivan and how that's kind of good news. Uh, a win in Fairbanks on parental rights. Uh, what's happening down in Anchorage with uh, the mayoral election, which uh, surprisingly is only, what, uh, 10 months away now uh, for the mayoral election in Anchorage, and uh, how Uncle Sugar's throwing around some serious money uh, in Alaska for broadband projects. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, but we got the numbers today, and it is <clears throat> astonishing, astonishing how much is going to get spent in that kind of stuff. Um, and did you get the Amber Alert yesterday? Um, uh, that was uh, or on, on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday. Sorry, not yesterday, Tuesday. Turns out that was, um, <clears throat> that was a mistake. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But meanwhile, what we should do first and foremost is open up the phone lines 
and see what you guys have to say. We'll do that uh, right now, in fact. We'll crack the phone lines open and say good morning and uh, see what uh, subjects you guys want to talk about. Number to call is 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. And, of course, as always, the... Um, <clears throat> program is sponsored by our friends at Satellite West, and you can find them at SatelliteWest.com for connectivity in the state of Alaska and beyond, anywhere in the world or anywhere in Alaska, which is also anywhere in the world, uh, just in case you were wondering, uh, whether it's internets, uh, <laughs> internets, whether it's the internets, uh, whether it's phone calls, whether it's text messages or whatever, this is a good opportunity for you to go find out about it. Again, go to SatelliteWest.com. Thank you for calling it. I thought it was a little cool this morning. Somebody in the chat room just who lives near me just said uh, 37 degrees earlier this morning. And it was a really nice day last night. Uh, my wife and I were actually sitting out on the front stoop this, uh, yesterday uh, for a bit with the sunshine and the green grass and the dogs running around. And it was... <laughs> But, but this morning, cloudy, cool, and dreary. I would like, I would like a refund on my summer. Could I have a ref? I mean, we are halfway through June, and I don't think we've seen a day that has crested sixty-five degrees yet down here in the South Central. I know Fairbanks had got up to like seventy-five or something the other day, but here, what is going? What is what is happening? Um. Anyway. <clears throat> I would uh, like to, and yes, stop calling for snow. That's all I'm saying. All right. Um, well, I guess we'll get started. We've had somebody who's called in early this morning. I don't know what they want to talk about, but they are persistent. They've been on the phone for a while. So we will start off with some phone calls this morning and to see what do you want to talk about on this beautiful Thursday? It doesn't have to be politics, by the way. I'm okay with that. We're into that doldrums, you know, between things really happening. Um, but I would love to hear what you have to say. So let's go over to the phones, and we'll start We'll start off the show with a bang. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Morning, Mike. It's Jeff from Homer. Hello, Jeff. Where are I'm you? What, Maine, how, how you doing? You're still in Maine. Okay. You're in Maine from yeah, Homer. I'm, I'm wearing a hat. Yeah, I'm wearing a hat that says Second Amendment, Liberty or Death, protected by the Second Amendment, and I'm wearing a T-shirt that says Bigfoot has seen me, but nobody will believe him. <laughs> so, and I got two big hats here for yeah. Amendment. It's been a while, my friend. What are you What are you doing? Hello. It's been a while, my friend. What, yeah, I can hear you now. It's been a while, my friend. What have you been doing? Playing with my grand, eight grandkids, mostly taking them fishing and, and uh, taking care of them and my kids. Um, and boy, shot a nice big buck last fall. I'm gonna be back uh, right around 10th of August, I think, uh, for a while. And I've been doing a little politics here. Um, I have no idea what's going on there in Alaska. Just what I just heard from you, but uh, we're working on different things, trying to get things straight here, and it's quite bad. So, uh, but we're getting a few things straightened out. Um, some some of the things they're trying to take out right and different things um, here too. So they're all doing the same thing all the way around, I guess. That that but, that's, uh, 
Yeah, and we're kind of getting the same weather as you're getting. Right. Um, you know, right. not really warm. We had a couple warm days. I threw an air conditioner in. I took it back out. So it's been cold <laughs> um, and windy. But, uh, well. Yeah, made a few trips to the coast and ate lobster. And otherwise, nah. That's <laughs> what I've been doing. Well, you've just been retiring, right? You've just been living the retired life down in uh, down in Maine. Well, we miss uh, we miss having you down up here and giving us the report from Homer and everything. So hurry home and uh, but enjoy yourself while you're down there with your uh, with your kids, with your grandkids. Oh yeah, yeah, they're a lot of fun. You know, there's eight of them. Uh, the biggest, the oldest one is nine now, going ten. Uh, but I call her nine, going on twenty. Uh, she's quite the card and uh, acts a lot like me. So I uh, pity her father, but he acts a lot like me too. So <laughs> I pity their mother. Good, good genetics. Yeah. Pitying her mother, pitying her mother for sure. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Well, yeah. it's yeah. great so, to hear from you. Yeah. Everything's good in Alaska. So. Well, you know, it's and, the same uh, thing all I'll over, right? It's the same thing all over, Jeff. We've still, we've got the same politicians here. Trying to, you know, clamp down on our rights. And, you know, it's a constant battle. Eternal vigilance, my friend, is the price of liberty. Well, we're trying to figure out the ranked choice cheating, uh, even here. And I, I think I've come up with one thing is um, I wanted to vote for Mickey Mouse. Uh, I don't vote here, but I said, what if we vote for Mickey Mouse? Well, you can't under that. And you can't write anybody in. Right. So. They've really taken your vote, and I think it's unconstitutional. And I think with enough states in power, we could destroy that whole thing and kick it out of here. Yeah. Because it's absolutely taking your vote. If, you, if there's nobody there you want to vote for, and you want to vote for Mickey Mouse or somebody else, right? you should be able to do that. So they are the one thing they're doing that breaks the Constitution, remember, is they are telling you you can't vote who you want for. Yeah. You don't want to. Well, we're working and we're working on a uh, we're working on a ballot initiative here uh, to repeal ranked choice. So we'll see how that goes. So when you get back, you can start working on that here, too. Okay. Sure. I sure will. I'm working on it right here, trying to get rid of it because it's not really right. No. And uh, the other big thing I've I've studied the heck of it is I can't ever find out who is who really gives the votes to who when it comes to that under 50% so they go to that other percentage. You know, like Shelley's Chewbacca really had the vote in the first place, and then it wound up because of the other two below and the votes that were transferred. Uh, real sticky there. Don't don't yeah. ever find out really who did that. So. And uh, that's that's one thing that needs to be addressed. Who who did that? Who makes that decision? Um, and and those are two points that I can well, see. In that, that yeah, in that case, it's you the know. voters who made that decision. You know, it's the voters uh, who voted for the second choice well, vote that goes through. That's what's causing the problem there. So, right, but there's there's uh, somewhat of a sticking point where somehow. Um, the one they want to win gets the most votes. Whoever gets the most votes of the two. There's a little something funky going on there. <laughs> but it's hard to explain, like everything else they do. And, right. uh, so uh, I'm trying to dig it out, but you you know how that is. <laughs> well, we no, look. Nobody, uh, 
wants to stand up and say what they're doing. You bet, you bet. <laughs> well, we look forward to you returning, uh, Jeff. We look forward to you uh, coming on out and saying hi to us and doing everything. So we'll see you back in August. Thank you for calling in this morning and sharing with us. It's good to hear from you, my friend. And uh, we'll see you when you return to God's country. I mean, I know it's hard when family's all the way over there, but we know you got to come home eventually. So <clears throat> thank you for coming on board and joining us. Um, all right. Um, uh, that leaves the phone lines open right now. 907-433-3150. Somebody said, what is this? We're getting his whole life. Hey, this is my show, and this is our water cooler time. This is our sitting around the coffee pot and kibitzing time this morning. I got no agenda this morning. I got a few stories again. But if you want to call in and just share your thoughts on random things, I'm okay with that. I mean, this is, you know, sometimes this is just fun. So feel free to come on in and, and uh, join us this morning. Uh, all right. Well, we're coming up on the break, and I don't want to get started too far here on something else. So let's uh, let's continue ahead here. The Michael Duke Show continues. We will uh, be back with more. Your phone calls, the good news, stories, commentary. It's, it's all right here. What more could you ask for in a low-budget radio show? I don't know. We got to go. Back with more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Oh, baby. <clears throat> oh, baby. Oh, it's another beautiful day here in the whatever. Uh, good morning, my friends. Thanks for coming on out and saying hi and uh, joining us this morning. It's a Thursday. And like I said, we're kind of in that doldrums of news. There's just not a whole lot of stuff going on. So that's good. I'm excited because that means we get to talk about some of the other things that I've been waiting to talk about or things I've been waiting to talk about. So um, looking forward, uh, looking forward to that here. We're going to just chit chat this morning and get things going on. Um, let me see what you guys have been talking about in the chat room. Bill, of course, is talking about snow for he can go riding. Come on, Bill. It's just, what, just no, no. Um, I need I need a little bit of summer. Frank, uh, Frank says, um, you move from Fairbanks, which always has better summers, but you pay less for home heating. You know, I mean, Frank, you're right. I moved from Fairbanks, loved the people, hated the environment at that point, hated the winters and everything else, was done, sick and tired of that. But, you know, every summer since then has been pretty nice. This has just been kind of such a weird summer overall. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm just ready for it to be a little bit warmer. doesn't have to be, you know. Doesn't have to be whatever. I like it. Um, <clears throat> it's all it's all good. If it isn't going to warm up, says Bill, you might as well enjoy it. Well, it is going to warm up. I I'm speaking it into existence, Bill. 
I mean, you can get nine months of writing in. I just want three months of short weather. Doesn't have to be like super sunny, just warm enough for me to wear a pair of shorts. That's all I care about. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Going back here. Oh, even Harold. Uh, <clears throat> even Harold is agreeing that rank choice voting should be repealed, which I think is a difference in his tune from he was praising its praise here not too long ago. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it. It's one of those things. Everybody's got a right to change their minds, my friend. Everybody's got a right. Jay, Jerrica says she needs more sun. <laughs> I think we all need more sun. Just a little bit. I mean, it came out yesterday and I was like, what the heck is that thing? Oof. It's a UFO. Feel like I'm living in Seattle North <clears throat> right now. All the rain and cloudiness and sun and all that kind of stuff. Oh. 15th of June. How did we get halfway through the year, let alone halfway through the month? It just seems like, man, kids, and to by kids, I mean anybody who's younger than me who's listening. I don't know what's going on here, but things seem to be going a little faster as I get older. So enjoy it while you can. <laughs> enjoy it while you can. It's been insanity. Absolute insanity. Um, all right. So uh, what are we going to talk about next? Bro, I don't know here. Did you, did you see this video? Again, I don't normally deal with national politics, but just this whole thing at the White House <clears throat> during Pride, the whatever the, the, the thing where the the trans gal guy, whatever, stripped down topless on the White House lawn, and they were taking pictures and stuff. I mean, did now it, but it was after everyone left, so that's fine. There was no big problem. She had her hands over the. He had her hands over what? I mean, it's you know, it's fine. What's the big? And I'm like, wow, this is a spectacle. This is a spectacle. <laughs> We <laughs> doomed, doomed as a society. That's just kind of what I've come down to. Just doomed. All right, we're going to jump back into this here and get things uh, ready to rock and roll. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like and share, like and follow. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, proudly splitting the left versus right uh, dichotomy. Yeah, I had to look that word up, too. I don't think it means what he thinks it means. Here he is, though. That guy, Michael Dukes, the one with the show. I really do know what that word means. I really, I looked it up. I mean, that's why I used it. It was on my word of the day calendar. I know what it means. Welcome back to the Michael Duke Show. And thanks for coming in and joining us today. Um, you know, just kind of a lazy day here in the studios, hanging out with you, chit-chatting about whatever we feel about, whatever we feel like talking about. 
uh, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Um, Fairbanks parents have uh, taken, they've, 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 you know, it's been, a, there was a, there was a win for the parents in Fairbanks. David Boyle, who uh, wrote, uh, he's a contributor for the uh, Must Read Alaska and one of the edu- education advocates that we've talked to frequently here on the program about things that are going on in the state, uh, writes this article about some of the things that happened in Fairbanks, where they um, uh, were working on a new curriculum supplement for their health curriculum. Um, they have a new health book that's coming out. Uh, and attached to that that uh, new health curriculum book was a controversial supplement. The supplement includes subjects. This is for middle schoolers, by the way. So that's junior high, right? Seventh and eighth grade. How old are you in seventh and eighth grade? If you graduate while you're 17, that means the 14, 13. That means, so you're 10, 11, 12, something like that. You're just barely becoming a teenager at that point. Um, the supplement includes subjects such as gender, gender identity, sexual orientations, and romantic orientations. And there's some interesting, there's some interesting, um, things in the, uh, in the supplement. He actually had a couple pictures out there. Um, and there was a whole, there's a whole page on sexual orientation and romantic orientations. Um, the, the, that lists everything from heterosexual and homosexual to androsexual, gynosexual, polysexual, scoliosexual, pansexual, demisexual, and asexual. Um, all these, I mean, I'm confused just reading the list. I can't imagine what a kid who's just starting to go through their puberty is trying to figure out for all these different, uh, for all these different types and genders and everything else. Well, the parents weren't too thrilled about this. The parents in the community were pretty much uh, overwhelmingly opposed to this new supplement. Uh, The parents strongly voiced their opposition, but there were educators who believed that they knew what was best for others' children. Remember that. They know better than you. I don't want to talk about it. Um. One citizen said uh, that the book shook them to their core. It was definitely not middle school material. She warned that parents would be removing their kids from the district if the supplement became part of the curriculum. Further discussion uh, by the board showed that the supplement itself to the health book had been in the teacher's lounge for an entire week for their review. Parents seeming to have less access to the information than the teachers because the parents didn't have a lot of heads up, I guess, on this, what was going on. Um, Board member Aaron Morati said that failing to acknowledge LBGTQ identities is to essentially erase them. Almost as wild a comment as Loki Tobin's whole terrorism and burning a cross in the lawn comment, which, again, still the dumbest thing on the internet. Uh, And to erase someone's identity is to deny them their humanity and therefore their human rights. April Smith, who is, I take it, kind of one of the more conservative members of the um, uh, of the uh, school board, voted yes for the new health book 
even though the health book did not represent her values, although she did vote against the supplement. Uh, she said that would cost trust in the in the district, public trust, and so she voted no. Uh, the f- discussion finally devolved into whether students would have access to the supplement, and uh, district staff said the students would not have immediate access to the supplement unless a teacher gave it to them, which was a contradiction that implied the teachers would basically have the final say and not the parents. This was a hot, 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 hot mess. But in the end, the board voted 4-3 to three to exclude the controversial supplement. And then they voted four to three to adopt the new health book without the supplement supporting what the community parents want. So this is a win for this is a win for Fairbanks um, teachers, homes, uh, you know, t- uh, parents rather, and uh, for parental rights and for them being able to be basically have a say in what the heck is going on with their kids. So congratulations to uh, congratulations to uh, Fairbanks uh, and the Fairbanks kids and everything else. Good. Good job, guys. Good, good job. Good, good job. And what's going on? We appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, and for those of you who didn't hear the, <clears throat> who didn't hear the show yesterday, that was actually one of our. Uh, that was actually one of our uh, stories from yesterday uh, when we were talking about the uh, uh, when we were talking about Loki Tobin. Having that, where was that? Was that yesterday or the day before? All the days are blending. We're just talking about it in the break. All the days are blending together. I seem to have forgotten. There it is right there. It was actually Tuesday, not yesterday. But the, this is Senator Loki Tobin, who has quite possibly the dumbest take on what's happening out there in the schools over this whole, you know, stopping trans girls from participating in girls sports and that kind of basically boys competing against girls, boys pretending to be girls competing against girls. Uh, And in response to the Alaska State Board of Education's voting to address that through regulating the school sports, Tobin said it was like terrorism. She said, this is the kind of terrorism uh, this way, the way this kind of terrorism works is that not only punishes expression, condemns identities, it's like burning a cross on somebody's lawn. It's an attempt to frighten people into compliance and submission. It's like, bur- I would like for her to talk to some people who live down in the South, um, you know, during that era and had a cross and ask them if it's just like burning a cross on somebody's lawn to say that boys can't participate in girls' sports, it's like terrorism. It's like burning a cross at people's... It's like... What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. God have mercy on your soul. Every time I hear something from Loki Tobin, that's what it sounds like. It's terrorism, burning crosses on people's lawns. Um, but I mean, this is a thing, right? I mean, look at what happened over the whole COVID thing, where the uh, you know a lot of those uh, political elites were calling parents who were just very concerned about their child's education and about their parental rights. They were called terrorists too. So I guess this is just a, uh, 
Um, I, I guess this is just uh, the same kind of thing, only writ smaller. Uh, but again, the dumbest thing I've heard all week right there, Loki Tobin doing the thing. Um, but thank you. Uh, good news out of Fairbanks for that. That was the good news. One win for the parents on that. Anchorage is about to have a very interesting um, race for mayor. Now, for mo- those of you who don't know, Anchorage is on this weird, like, opposite side of the world schedule when it comes to municipal elections. Anchorage's municipal elections don't take place in October, right before the general, which seems to be kind of a smarter time to do it. But um, in October, I mean, because it's right there in election season, they have this off season where it takes place in April. Well, they uh, the the mayoral election is coming up, and uh, a new player has entered the field. Former longtime state rep Chris Tuck yesterday filed for mayor uh, for the 2024 city election. Uh, he's been a staple in the legislature. He was first elected back in 2008. And uh, he's done, uh, he, you know, he's done a heap a lot of work for the, um, for the Democratic Party and for Democrats across the state of Alaska. What's interesting about this race is that he is now the third person to enter And currently, the field has the incumbent, Mayor Dave Bronson. The former Assembly Chair, Suzanne LaFrance, who is a, well, she's a pretty progressive person, pretty pretty liberal. And now you've got Chris Tuck, who is um, a Democrat, but I would, you know, he he probably, of, of many of the Democrats that are out there today, probably a more... Uh, moderate Democrat than many. Uh, he still, you know, still gets out there in some things that I definitely disagree with. But if you lined them all up, he would be, in my mind, on the more moderate end of the scale, which means he's either trying to do one of two things. He's either, well, I think he's, I, I think he's only trying to do one thing. I think he's trying to find the middle ground between Suzanne LaFrance, who is uh, very, would be on the more liberal side of the Democratic uh, uh, swing, and Mayor Bronson, who has the support of most conservatives, I would say, in the Anchorage area. Not all, uh, but most conservatives in the Anchorage area. So he might be trying to offer some middle ground. Now, it's early. There could be more There could be more um, uh, candidates pop in on this. I mean, remember back uh, last go-around, uh, there was a whole slew of candidates that went in um, that were kind of battling it out to the very end until a few of them stepped out and endorsed, uh, including Mike Robbins, stepped out and endorsed uh, Dave Bronson. But we'll have to see. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, Tuck had had discarded the idea earlier on that he was going to uh, run for mayor. That was he was first approached last fall. And there was some speculation when he left the legislature that that's what he was going to do. Um, but he said the frustration in the recent direction of the city, he talked about snow plowing and basic services, growing homelessness, the lack of affordable housing, all of which the mayor has no real direct control over, but definitely directs some policies on. So he's going to be out there. But it looks like he's trying to offer. So this would make this. Here's what would make it a very interesting race, because I think Mayor Bronson. <laughs> 
Well, he's got some issues, right? I mean, you, you know, the Dabosky thing and and uh, and lots of other people leaving the administration under allegations of kind of hostile work environment. And there are some issues there. Now, whether there's truth to it, I don't know. I'm not there. But I'm just saying from the outside looking in, the perspective is, is that there's some issues going on there in the state of Alaska. So if you wanted a really interesting campaign, you would find someone who was – to the left of Bronson, but to the right of Tuck. And so now you would have a four-person race with LaFrance on one side, Bronson on the other, and then Tuck and some other more moderate Republican in the middle duking it out. That would be an interesting race. Uh, and because they require a plurality to win, it uh, could go into a runoff situation and everything. It would be very interesting. It would be very interesting to see uh, what happens there. Um, but right now, as of right now, Chris Tuck is uh, throwing his hat into the ring, and I'm sure that will be a uh, – I'm sure that will make for a swell springtime, all that uh, all that electoral stuff going on down in Anchorage uh, during that time. Uh, all right, well, phone lines are open this morning if you guys want to sound off. I know we've got a few people from Anchorage who listen to the program uh, via the Internet or uh, on Facebook or whatever. If you guys want to give us your thoughts on what's happened in Anchorage, and and I'm really concerned, I'm not concerned, I'm really curious because the uh, of the way things have gone down in Anchorage and the lawsuits from Dubosky and others and the whistleblower things and all this other kind of stuff. Now, I'm as a guy looking in. I don't I don't live in Anchorage. I don't vote in Anchorage. I work in Anchorage, but I don't, you know, I'm not there, uh, you know, having to live under the thumb of everything. How do people who are more concerned, how do they feel about some of these things that are coming out about what's happening in the Bronson administration? Is this good? Is it bad? Is it much ado about nothing? Do you care? I'm just curious. I've been wondering that for a while because the battle between Bronson as the conservative administration, the conservative mayor, and the fairly liberal, I mean, who are we kidding, the very progressive assembly, that has been like the battle royale over the last two years. And now you hear all this stuff coming out of the administration and people leaving and, you know, the hostile work environment allegations and all this kind of stuff. And all I got to wonder is, I mean, because some of the people who are complaining, I mean, Dubosky, she is no shrinking progressive flower, right? She's a conservative firebrand. What does that what does that say? What is what what are, what are people thinking about that? I'm interested to hear that as well. Anyway, so if you know or if you are familiar with it or if you live in Anchorage and have got thoughts on it, I'd love to hear from you at 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke show continues. It is open line, open form. I've got some good news coming up. We're going to talk about what's going on in the U.S. House with Mary Peltola and uh, with Dan Sullivan on the Senate side. That should uh, make for some interesting chat. And more. The Michael Luke Show. Common sense. Liberty-based. Free-thinking radio.
running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. <sighs> okay. Close that window. Close that window. Let's go over here. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Let's see what you guys have to say. 58 is as high as it's gotten for Willie out on the coast. Um, uh, it's been surprisingly windier here, says uh, Griesbach. John Griesbach. Um, going through this whole thing. Um, there was some serious money in that body. Um, woke up prancing a little squirrel feet across the roof sounded like thunder. Uh, I had a William F. Buckley calendar, a word of the day. My, I had a William F. Buckley word of the day calendar. My daily challenge was to use the word in a conversation or a meeting. I mean, yeah, that's great. That is great. Um, trying to keep it. Rick is says it's really depressing this weather because blooms on cherry and apple trees no fruit yet. They're trying. Bees are trying to keep them warm. Yeah. Um. Let's see. <laughs> oh my God! I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm listening. I'm reading Harold's comments, which are always entertaining, but not not worth repeating at this point. Um. Terry says Loki Tobin is insane. Um, calling mom and dads who want to protect their children's terrorists. That's crazy. Yep. Going through. LaFrance is a Tobin knockoff. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, you guys are all talking amongst yourselves. And... Have zero interest in Karen's issues with her objections to the book. See, this is the kind of stupid stuff that gets said sometimes. He said, you know, he said some interesting things this morning, but this having zero interest in Karen's issues with her objections to books, go to North Korea if you want to ban books. That is the dumbest thing you've said all day, Harold. There's nothing about banning books. Not including a supplement to give to children is not about banning books. And it's not a Karen's issue if parents don't want to expose their kids to the whole multi-gender nonsense at that age. I mean, isn't it about parental rights? Or would you be okay with forcing your kids not to be able to learn about, let's just say something else. Say it's not about sexuality. Say it's about not learning about their own culture or things that they want to do. Right. Let's just say that, you know, your kids went to school and they were only given books that forced them to learn something that you didn't agree with or in a way that you didn't agree with it. Would then would you be the Karen complaining about it? This is the dumbest comment you've made in quite a while. And that's saying something, my friend. That's saying something. It's not a Karen issue. 
as a parent. Sure, they could pull their kids out of school if they want and do that. But if they're paying for school, shouldn't they at least be able to have a say is in what's going on? And because they don't like what's going on, to you it's a Karen issue and it's about banning book. That is the most straw man argument that I've ever heard. Nutty. Nutty as squirrel poo. All right. <clears throat> Multi-gender nonsense is a fad. My kids don't need to know about it. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Kind of where I'm at on that. All right. Well, we got one line on hold. Um, let me go over there and get their name so we know who we're talking to. How about that? How about that? Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, my friend, this is Bubba Holt. Hey, Bubba. Hold the line, my friend. You will be first one in the queue, and uh, we'll take your call as soon as we get back from the radio, which is about, uh, oh, we're about 60 seconds away right now, so don't go anywhere. Um, let's go over here. Um, check out those hardcore porn books, Harold. Adults shouldn't even be reading them. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Um, exactly. That is the public in public schools. Yeah, we, we need to have input. Having input is not being a Karen. You know, that's, again, just, I've already played it once today, but, you know. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. God have mercy on your soul. Appropriate. Okay, welcome back to the program. Another beautiful day here in God's country, the last frontier. Appreciate you guys joining us. The phone lines are open today, so it's open line, open forum. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. And uh, let's just see um, let's see what you guys want to say. Bubba is up in North Pole. He wanted to call in this morning and share some thoughts with us. Feel free to do so yourself at 907-433-3150. Good morning, Bubba. What's on your mind, my friend? Good morning, Mike. A long time. Been a while since we chatted. I, uh, What's on your mind? I can buy a copy of yesterday's Fairbanks fish wrapper, and I caught where our friend Lisa Murkowski and Dan Sullivan and the Democrat representative, I can't think of her name, Mary something, yep. Mary Piccolelli. Piccoli. Piccoli. Yep. But in any of it, Lisa didn't let us down again with her comments on uh, Trump and the uh, 37 charges against him. Because those are serious charges, and we need to make sure we 
prosecute, you know, what needs to be prosecuted. If he's guilty, we need to nail him. But let's see, though. We had senators that had classified documents that were found out to have classified documents all over the countryside. One senator actually, um, and they weren't qualified to have these documents outside of the cube that they have get to look at them in. And uh, one of them even took their cell phone and destroyed 33,000 documents. Um, but I want to know how Lisa is going to come up on that side of it, you know? Kids will be kids, or Democrats will be Democrats. I don't know. I well, just, uh, look, not surprised that yeah, let us down. Let me say this: these these charges are very serious, and um, I will and I I will say this: I think Trump's um, his defense so far in that, well, other people have done it, and you're not prosecuting them. That's part of his defense, right? Joe Biden's doing it. Hillary Clinton did it. Bill Clinton did it. You know, yada, yada, yada. Does not excuse the fact that he may have broken law. And, and here's what kills me about this. And I and I don't really have a dog in this fight, Bubba, but I'm just I, – I, from the outside looking in and watching this, you know, he could have avoided all of these problems simply by turning the documents back over before they did the raid on Mar-a-Lago, right? That's, they said, oh, you could have just done all this and it wouldn't have been a big deal. But he, you know, he's just got to let it go. But I'm not buying the argument yet that, well, everybody's doing it, so why are you picking on me? That's not a good defense. And no judge is going to look at that and go, yeah, that's a good defense. Even his own attorney general, Bill Barr, says that this is some trouble. This is, he's in trouble. He's in trouble with this stuff. Now, what does it mean for the election? Well, probably more people will get behind him because they believe it's a, you know, that the, the whole thing's a cover up and he's being picked on and he's being singled out. Well, sure, he's being picked on and singled out. He is the, you know, one of the most divisive public figures we've had in a long time. And he rankles the he rankles the uh, the the powers that be. You know, he rankles the press. Of course, they're going to go after him, hammer and tong. That shouldn't be a surprise. But the argument that, well, they're all doing it and I you're only picking on me is not a valid legal argument. If Yes, they probably all have been doing it and they probably all should have been prosecuted about it from the very beginning. But that's not a valid defense. Right. I'm not saying that it's a valid argument. I'm not saying that. I am saying, though, that we're going to look the other way on everyone else. And, yeah. And no one will do anything about that. No, I mean, and they shouldn't. I mean, now you saw Chuck Grassley, and again, we don't normally get into national politics here, but I do read uh, what's going on. Chuck Grassley says that they have something like 17 different recordings of Hunter Biden and the people from Ukraine on the whole, on this Ukrainian bribery thing, and that they actually have two recordings with President Biden on there negotiating some kind of million dollar, you know, deal or bribe or whatever. And he's saying we need to get this. And, you know, nobody's talking about it. The press is barely touching on it and everything. Yes, there needs to be more equity in these kind of things. But life is not fair, unfortunately. And we should be upset that they're not doing it. But the question is, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to fix it other than talk about it amongst ourselves, I guess? I mean, but how are we going to fix that? There's nothing we can do. It is unfair. And that's. Stuff's ballot. 
Uh, it's what? <laughs> we'll be like the Democrats. <laughs> we'll be like the Democrats. We'll stuff ballot boxes. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe that's it, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, Bubba, uh, thank you for calling in and sharing with us this morning. I appreciate it. Um, I think it's interesting that he's now again being indicted and yet he is still, according to all polling results and everything else, including stuff from this morning, that it's going to be Biden and Trump again. Even though Biden is one of the most unpopular Democratic presidents in recent memory um, and the guy couldn't hardly string three words together or walk up a flight of stairs without tumbling down them, he is their best choice. That's just that's just shocking to me. Just shocking to me. He has a he has accomplished one thing though for sure. He's made Jimmy Carter look good. <laughs> That's the truth, isn't it? I mean, he does make he makes Jimmy Carter look like an eloquent statesman. You know what I mean? Like he's a like he's a real speech writer there. So I would not disagree with that, Bubba. All right. Well, thank you for your call. You have a good day, I right? appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. I mean, I look. I my, my best friend and I were talking yesterday. Um, and this is Brendan, who's a former producer on my program here. We, we chat a couple times a week. And yesterday we were talking about this whole thing about how people are just outraged, outraged. I tell you that Trump has been indicted for all, you know, these kind of things and to which I have very little sympathy for, for one reason he could have turned all those documents over and avoided the whole thing. Um, but he has this opinion of himself that he is the law. He is above the law. I mean, again, as, as I've said on this program, I'm not a huge fan of Trump, uh, because of his narcissistic tendencies and all these other kind of things. And again, the argument that somehow, because other people are doing it, he shouldn't be persecuted for it or prosecuted for it makes no legal sense either. But the bottom line is, is that I had to laugh that here you've got two of the more unpopular well, Trump's got some, he's got definitely got some populist pull, but two of the probably most divisive public people running for office, the Democrats are not really putting anybody else up. The Republicans are trying to put a few other people up, but nobody's really getting any traction. And you, and at the end of the day, the electoral process in this two-party dichotomy, this two-party plurality is going to be between, you know, the 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 poop milkshake or the poo sandwich. That's going to be basically your two choices. And I'm just like, why? You want to know why people are frustrated with politics? You want to know why people throw their hands up in the air and walk away? Because those are the choices they are continually faced with. And then if someone like me votes for Joe Jorgensen or some other third party candidate out there, Jill Stein or the Green Party or the Libertarian or whatever, we are castigated for throwing away our vote because we didn't vote for, you know, Pooh or in Pooh Incorporated. That is insane. I did not throw away my vote because I voted for Joe, Joe Jorgensen. And Spike Cohen. I didn't throw my vote away. I made a rational, informed decision. Maybe it's one you didn't like, 
But that has nothing to do with and but you're you're voting for a third party. Well, yes, because the two party system is what is breaking us. Right. I mean, hello. Did you look at the debt ceiling debate? Did you look at what's going on? All these hoity toity people that grab their lapels and tell us during the election season, I'm going to balance the budget. We're going to live within our means. We're going to do all that. And they get down there. And what happens? Nothing. This two-party system is an absolute brown poo parade, okay? There needs to be some kind of third option out there because they are so entrenched that they continually hand us this platter with two choices, neither of which are appetizing in the least. This is why... I don't deal with national politics usually because it just pisses me off. All right. Hey, we got to go. Hour two dead ahead. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Lines are open right now. 907-433-3150. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Back with more right after this. Three hundred and thirty million people in these countries, and these are the best candidates we can come up with. I know, right? I mean, right? I mean, why are we locked in this two-party system, folks? Why? What have they done for you lately? You know what the most interesting thing is? And you see this all the time from places like PragerU and others. But I know the Democrats have done it in the past as well. Is they'll walk up to people a lot of times in college campuses or on the street. And they'll be like, uh, you know, talking about things like party platforms and what people have said or the things that they've done. And they said, who do you think said that? You know, do you think, I mean, for an example, do you think Trump said that or do you think Biden said that? Oh, Trump must have said that. No, that was Biden. What? Oh, they did this and they did that. Who, who do you think did that, Trump or Biden? Oh, Biden did that. No, it was Trump. I mean, what? Most people don't understand. They want to be alleviated of the responsibility of educating themselves on the various issues. And they do that by just joining the party and voting for the elephant or the donkey because that's what they believe is important. They don't really know the details of it, but they believe that this is the way. And so they've abdicated the responsibility on how to have to educate themselves on these kind of things and get informed because they don't want to be bothered. That's what it's about. Laziness is really what it, it's about. Apathy and laziness. And the two parties know that. And they keep feeding into this. They keep feeding into it. And and then any third party is immediately maligned or, again, the whole idea that you're wasting your vote. People are castigated for how dare you vote for a third party. Well, tell me how voting for the two parties are working at all. Show me how that is the greatest thing.
Yeah, exactly, Hawk. Trump spent money like a Democrat and then attacked Thomas Massey, who is one of the most conservative, fiscally hawkish, libertarian candidates in the House for being against the the out-of-control COVID spending. Tyler says the two-party system won't die until we stop voting for them. I'm with you on that. 100%. Harold says I'm irrational. Which is like a badge. I should post that up as like the top, pin that to the top of the page today. I am irrational for throwing my vote away while screaming at my audience. Yeah. You're right. I am throwing my vote away. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coming from Harold. Woo. Talk about irrational. We're going to change his name to Unstable Mabel. Um, good morning, good morning, good morning. Seth said, it's almost like we need ranked choice voting. To break the two-party dichotomy is his is his point. Um, I mean, usually the ranked choice does pull more from the middle. That is usually the, the that is usually the answer on that. But I don't like what it does for the one person one vote thing. So I know there's a lot of libertarians who are in favor of ranked choice voting. I don't happen to be one of them for different reasons. I do agree that it would pull more from the middle than it would from the edges. So you'd have less diametrically opposed candidates in the end it's it basically forces a more moderate outcome in the in the general in general terms so yeah rick i don't i don't agree with this rick says the trump indictment is the same as what they do in venezuela and cuba now the question is should he be we're getting down into the weeds on national stuff that i really don't want to talk about but should he be indicted under the Espionage Act? I think the Espionage Act is problematic and has been used and weaponized over the last almost 100 years. I don't think he should be charged under the Espionage Act, but what he's doing was not right. I don't think I don't agree that this is what they do in Venezuela and Cuba. Now, have they done it to other politicians? Have they done it to other former presidents? No. So is it a witch hunt in that regard? Yes. But did he break the law? Mm, looks like it may have happened. I mean, that's, 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 you know. Um, in the past, Sean says he's voted third party because he just doesn't like the two-party monopoly. That's what Brendan told me yesterday. He goes, because I said, man, sometimes I just feel like I want to throw my hands up in the air at the national and don't even vote for the presidential election because it doesn't, you know. And he's like, no, I vote third party just to irritate people. That's true. That's true. That is a sticking point. Vote is a protest vote against the two parties. Um. Um, and that is the selling point, says Brian, of a lot of the L's. Um, I think the L's are a little delusional as to their attractiveness. By L's, do you mean liberals or libertarians? I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Um, who remembers Ross Perot? Who said the law is an ass? 
Um, Alaska literally means nothing to the presidential election. True. True. All right, here we go. We got to get back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hello and good morning to us and to you and to me and to you and to you. Good morning uh, and thanks for coming out to Thursday. Ooh, look right there. I could see it tomorrow. It's Firearms Friday. Can't wait for TGIFF. Uh, Hopefully you'll join us uh, tomorrow for the big radio broadcast and talk with us uh, then about some stuff as well. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, continue on. Today is open line, open form, and we've been talking about all kinds of stuff. We even got into <gasps> gasp national politics there at the end of the last segment. Um, that is some, <laughs> you know, it's one of the reasons why I don't deal mostly with national politics because I find it so frustrating to watch, especially watching people argue over the, the two party, you know, the two party dichotomy going on. It's like both parties are, you know, are, are co-captains of the Titanic and they both have their hand on the wheel and they're like, you know, no, six inches to the left. No, six inches to the right. No, six inches to the left. And the libertarian guys out on the bow going, uh, hey, guys, there's an iceberg right here. You may want to spin the anyway. It's it really is just a crazy, crazy uh, stuff. Absolutely crazy. Um, all right. Uh, so the phone lines are open at 907-433-3150, Uh, and we'd love to hear what you guys want to talk about today. Anything, um, anything you want to have, uh, Terry just said something in the chat room. I'm sorry. I'm going to divulge. I'm going to dive, divulge, diverge, diverge. Um, I'm going to diverge for just a second because Terry just said something which I think is part of the problem in this country today. Terry just said, I vote for the lesser of two evils. It's the only choice we have. Nope. That's blatantly false. May I point out, as I have pointed out in the past, that voting for the lesser of two evils still makes your vote evil. 
The lesser of two evils is still evil. Why do you only have to vote for, again, the, and I'm not, not trying to be too crude, but I'm trying to make a very visceral point. That's like somebody saying in one hand, would you like the dog poop sandwich or would you like the diarrhea milkshake? Oh, that's gross. I know. That's my two. Uh, here's my third choice. No. I will go vote for the hash browns or the brownie or whatever else. The one thing that nobody expects me to vote for. I will vote for the third party candidate. Because at least it fights back against the duopoly of this two party madness. That, I mean, that's just it's the the lesser of two evils is still evil. And what we're being faced with and what it looks like it's shaping up to be right now for the 2024 election is the same old, same old. Brian said it earlier, 330 million people in this country. And these are the two best candidates we can come up with. Trump and Biden, those are the two best candidates we're going to get? Are you kidding me? The best and the brightest in the shining city on the hill, and this is our option. Well, I'll just hold my nose and vote for them. It's still the lesser of two evils. Still evil. That's right there. Um... And I'm not trying to dissuade the voters. Kim says, don't dissuade the voters, Mike. I'm not saying don't vote. I'm saying stop voting for the two-party thing because it the two-party thing, quite honestly, and the and the lack of it is, you know, the the whole the two-party thing is part of the problem. It encourages intellectual laziness, is what it does. Because, oh, I'll just vote for my guy. That way I don't have to study the issues and understand it and everything else because my guy's going to do it, right? He's promised he's going to do it. Most people don't even understand the issues of the day. And then they look to one guy or one gal to fix it all. And it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Jill says, she's she said, I'm going to vote for Trump again. I don't have to like his personality. Well, I agree with that concept. I mean, I will vote for somebody and I don't like their personality. I may not even always agree with their platform. I just think his decision-making is seriously flawed. His, his decision-making is, in fact, impeded by his personality. This is what happens. When you are a raging narcissist and a populist, where you will walk into a room and say anything that they want to hear to make sure you're the most popular guy in the room. That's the bottom line. Anyway, that's that's the thing. That's the thing. And yes, DeSantis is more. Con Here's what kills me about DeSantis, though. It's like he's trying to out-Trump Trump, or he's trying to be trump light Instead of running on his own record, DeSantis has got a really good record. His state has been doing very well fiscally, financially. He's made a lot of good calls. 
And what he's trying to do now is he's trying to die on this hill of weaponizing government against companies like Disney and others. And then he's trying to, in some ways, out Trump Trump to be like the Trump light variant of of uh, of the, the populism. And that's just a mistake. You should just run on your record, man. You've got a great record. Just run on that. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect, Jill. None of us are. But I've got other choices. That's the thing. I've got other choices. And I don't have to I don't have to vote for that guy who is he's got more issues than National Geographic. That's the bottom line. So <clears throat> anyway, this is uh this is usually why uh this is usually why I don't deal with national politics because it's just such a it's just such a a, 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 a a poo parade. It's so frustrating. I would rather deal with issues that we can deal with here in the state and get those things done, and I would I would rather deal with that. That that's just that's just me. Okay, so uh, we talked about that. We talked about that. Uh, one more national story before we go to break because we can. Mary Poltola has taken a bit of a beating because she really didn't seem to be following, you know, what Alaskans wanted and everything else. Maybe she got some pushback on this because according to Riley Rogerson over at the ADN, she basically broke with a majority of her fellow Democrats to support uh, the two GOP led bills. One to block energy. Um, and gun uh, to block energy uh, regulations, and this is the Gas Stove Protection Freedom Act, which would basically restrict the Consumer Product Safety Commission from using federal dollars to ban gas stoves, even though President Biden said, well, we have no interest in banning gas stoves, but we still need the power to be able to do it. And uh, she voted for that to save our gas stoves. We've talked about the reasoning behind how stupid that is. And then she also backed a bill that would um, basically undo the BATF's rule on reclassifying pistol braces as short barrel rifles. Now, president has threatened to veto the the second one, not the first one. But uh, she was a you know a vocal supporter of gun rights. She said. And she said the pistol brace rule could turn a large amount of law-abiding Alaskans into felons. Well, it has already because it went into effect 15 days ago. But the compliance rate was way down in the toilet. I mean, like, they estimated that they had something like 3 million, 4 million of those pistol braces. Industry estimates put it at closer to 40 million pistol braces. And they had... I, I was a ridiculously no, low number. I think it was 300,000 or something registered. 250, 300,000 of them were registered as short-barreled rifles for free because that's what the uh, ATF did. Um, So the compliance rate has been just nearly non-existent. But Peltola, who apparently may have been starting to hear from some of her constituency on, like, what are you doing, has now decided... Because she she voted against the saving the gas stoves in a previous vote, uh, but now she has come around and joined a couple other Democrats 
in breaking with the majority to pass the Save Our Gas Stoves Act, which would basically uh, the Gas Stove Protection and Freedom Act and the Save Our Gas Stoves Act. She voted for both of them, um, basically because she said having access to gas and propane compatible stoves is important to Alaskans. Well, it's important to everybody, but, you know, there you go. That's a that's a thing right there. Uh, but anyway, good for her. Good for her. Congrats. You know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to criticize when we can. We're going to praise when we can. Good for you, Representative Peltola. Thank you for voting for both of those bills. Now, I would only hope that you would listen a little bit closer and not have to go through a second round of voting to be able to get most of those things done. I'm just, I'm just saying. All right, let's go over to the phones. I'm sorry, I pontificated and bloviated for a while there, and I got a line on hold, and I want to get over to them to see what they have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. This is Bonnie. Good morning, Bonnie. What's on your mind? Well, I live in North Pole, Alaska, but I'm visiting here in Washington State and listening to you. Uh, my opinion is we still have the same dog and po- we, dog and pony show we have there in Juneau. Look what they did to Ted Stevens. You mean the you mean the prosecution of Stevens and the malfeasance that happened from the DOJ and all that? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Look what they did to him. And well, we can't we can't say we don't have the same crap that goes down in here as we they do in Washington D.C. A lot of times, <clears throat> you listen to the news. In my opinion, sometimes I'm not sure if we're getting the full story. Sometimes there's so much different <laughs> news that does get confusing. Uh, look, but, Bonnie, uh, I could I, almost I don't know. Sometimes. Bonnie, I can almost guarantee you that we're not getting the full story. I can almost guarantee you that you're not getting the straight dope and all that <laughs> stuff. I mean, that's it's almost a given at this point. Uh, and you're right. The weaponization <laughs> and lawfare of uh, the Department of Justice and everything else. I mean, that it's it's definitely concerning what we're seeing happening with a lot of that stuff. And, and the and again, the malfeasance uh, on the part of some of these different departments is very troubling, not just from for our politicians, but for us as American citizens. To, I mean, look at the review, the inspector general reviews of the use of FISA warrants and all these other things where it shows time and time and time again that the FBI, which used to be the stalwart, uh, I mean, used to be the symbol of American excellence in law enforcement, has yeah. now been basically subverting mm-hmm. the system, not doing things properly, getting, you know, lying on receipts and affidavits to get warrants and everything else, fought and breaking procedures. I mean, it's a hot, hot mess. We should all be concerned about that kind of stuff. Yes, we should be concerned. It could be you or me. Exactly. I mean, we're not we're not rich and powerful. What happens when it happens to us versus somebody like Trump or Stevens or somebody with a real high profile name that can get the news media to cover it and follow him and, and help him? What happens when it's just Ma and Pa Kettle getting uh, getting arraigned for, you know, something that they somebody did thinks they did something wrong and they bring the full force and weight down on them? What's going to happen then? Look what they did to the who is that guy in? Fairbanks, who had that battery, he had the battery uh, place there in Fairbanks, and he was making batteries. 
and the um, the crazy uh, people came in there and said he could not make those batteries, and they pour stuff down the drain. What was his name? I I don't recall. I don't recall who that was. It, um, oh darn it! I can't recall the whole scenario, but they said he couldn't manufacture batteries anymore, and they went in there and they um. We did something with the dirt around his place there in downtown. Well, it was not in Fairbanks. I can't remember. Romans. His name is Earl Romans. Earl Romans. Yeah, that Earl Romans. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no. And so they went in there. Oh, I know. The crazy, uh, I'm sorry, the, the bunny huggers went in there and they cleaned, tried to clean the dirt and on and on and it went for years and for years. And finally he was um, exonerated. How do you say that word? After all the money he spent, and then he his life was ruined. Yeah. No, exactly. We should be concerned, Bonnie. We should definitely be concerned about government overreach and those kind of things. And when we read those Inspector General reports and the Durbin reports and all these other reports about what's going on in government and how they're basically breaking their own procedures, breaking their own rules and ethics to pursue American citizens in a variety of things, in a variety of ways when they lie on affidavits and do all this kind of stuff. And then there's no penalty and no real pushback. And people kind of go, eh, I guess that's just the way it is. That is the danger. Thank you for calling in, Bonnie. Appreciate it. We're up against the break. we got more coming up, including some good news, some bad news, some good news other stuff. Phone lines are open. 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, uh, in the break... Seeing what you guys want to talk about, let me go back up here and see what you're talking about here. Um, mm-hmm. The other Joe, i.e. Stalin, said that the most important thing regarding elections is counting the votes. Yep. Jerica says of DeSantis, I think he's trying to show Trump dieheads, dry, diehards that he can stand on the same stage. It's still early in campaigning, so he has plenty of time to run his excellent record in everyone's face later. I could see some strategy to it if that's what it is. Yeah, but the problem, no, I mean, yes, but I don't know why you would lead with that. I don't know why you would, wouldn't would lead with your strongest point, which is your record. I don't know. Jeannie said uh, most, if not all, libertarian candidates are not centrist enough. Love them, but can't pull the trigger. Centrist enough on what specifically, Jeannie? What? I'm just curious. I, I mean, as a, as a libertarian, I'm just curious. What triggers you to say you can't you can't go for them? Are, they're not moderate enough. They're not more to the center. They have more radical views on certain things. What? I'm I'm just interested as to what it is. 
the Libertarian Party itself was uh, has went pro-abortion and pro-open borders, so that leaves most conservatives out. I mean, there yes, there are some members of the platform and and some of the major candidates who are pro-abortion and pro-open borders. Two things which I both disagree with. And there are many libertarians out there like me who disagree with. That's why I'm a small L libertarian. Small L. Not just because I'm not a member of the party. I don't believe in all of that stuff, but I would still vote for them on things like, well, I would still vote for them over the other guys at this point. Yeah. Um, Jill is still over here protecting Trump or, or defending Trump. He did a lot of good things in four short years. Sure, he did. He did some good things. There's no doubt about it. He also did some bad things and and things that you can't walk back that show to me show uh, some serious deep personality flaws but that's that's all that's that's a big problem right there um okay i'm still i'm you know i'm still going through here um clean the swamp um let's see uh look what happens to the thing uh, what happens? You always go to jail. It's about money. Battery Bob. No, it wasn't Battery Bob, Kim. It was Earl Romans. Uh, she was right about that. Ted could be pretty ab- abrasive. Yep, that was true, too. Um, let's see. Um, in this news was the outage of the Internet service in the same week. Uh, we talked about the internet outage in the same week. Also, a close ally of Russian Vladimir, President Vladimir Putin said on Wednesday there was no reason for Moscow not to destroy its enemies' undersea communications cables, given what he said was Western complicity. Are you asserting that it was a what? That Russian? Is that what you're asserting? That Russian? Um, that Russia destroyed the undersea. I mean, I thought it was weird that it's basically it's uh, 80 feet deep underwater and then another 13 feet underneath the underneath the earth, underneath the seabed. And they still somehow got cut and they said it was by sea ice. And I'm like, that's weird. Interesting. Ever notice that libertarians don't have dogs? What are you talking about, Harold? I've got two dogs not 15 feet from me. You said something about that yesterday. My other dog died. The dog that I took with me every day died here last year. So shut the hell up. You don't know what you're talking about. And don't talk about my dog because I still miss him. So shut up on that topic. Man, dumb the dumb, dumb, dumb. All right, let's go over here. Uh, see what you guys have to say. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. The Michael Duke Show. Seriously humorous with a pinch of intellect. <laughs> pinch of intellect. Sorry. That is humorous. Here's Michael Dukes. Hello. And welcome back to the program. (laughs) 
I mean, we're not, this is not Alex Jones, but somebody pointed out, interestingly, in the chat room, Sean, who's up in, uh, uh, who's up in, uh, I'm sorry, not Kobuk, um, Kotzebue, sorry. Uh, Sean's up in Kotzebue, uh, and he said, in the news this week was the thing about the internet outage in Alaska, right, where they cut the cable on the seafloor, 13 feet under the seafloor. And he said, in the same week, there's also an article from Reuters talking about a close ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin said on Wednesday there was no reason for Moscow not to destroy its enemies' undersea communication cables, given what he said was Western complicity in the war in Ukraine. And so I'm just like, what are you basically? Because I was wondering, the story, uh, for those of you who didn't haven't heard about the North Slope internet outage, there was a major, Quintillion had one of their major uh, T1 fiber cables cut. It was 80 feet or 90 feet underwater and then another 13 feet below the seabed. It was buried in the seabed. And they said, Arctic sea ice cut it. And I'm like, how in the world does Arctic sea, first of all, 80 feet of Arctic sea ice and then you got to scrape out another 13 feet of uh, sea. That's just, so maybe that's the answer. Maybe the answer is the Russians did it. I don't know. I just don't. I just don't know at that point. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're continuing on this hour. What other? I mean, what other legitimate news stories do I have here? Um. Well, this is another interesting one. Uh, we all remember uh, on Tuesday, I'm assuming most of you on Tuesday, got the Amber Alert. Remember the Amber Alert that came out uh, that was looking for the two-year-old child? Well, it turned out that it may have been a bit of a false alarm because what happened was the father of the two-year-old had had a protection order rescinded which is a, basically a restraining order, right? A protective order. He had the restraining order lifted. The judge lifted it and they transmitted the information over to the troopers. So in the meanwhile, after it was lifted, he went over and got his child from somebody who was watching out for her and uh, left without really saying anything. Went in, got the child and left. The care worker, whoever that was, called 911 and said he'd kidnapped her. So, I mean, this is, so he apparently, um, the, he hadn't, he hadn't committed a crime. This guy hadn't committed a crime, but at that point, his name, his picture, a description of his truck and his license plate had already been broadcast across the state declaring that he had abducted his two-year-old. And then when the troopers found out, they were like, oh, my bad. Sorry. But they said they'd do it again. They, they said that they would do it again. Ordinarily, uh, when a judge lifts a protective order, the people involved know because they attend the hearing. Well, apparently the husband attended the hearing and the wife didn't. She didn't bother to show up. And so they didn't apparently didn't know that the restraining order had been lifted or whatever. So he went around one o'clock to pick up his kid, took her, and the next thing you know, it was, you know, so... <laughs> And, and and the communications director for the trooper said the agency stands by its decision. The information known to law enforcement at the time was that the child was abducted. 
and it provided us with enough information to substantiate the child was in imminent danger. Uh, apparently, the kid is medically fragile, and when he left, he didn't take her medicine with her, so that was another red flag or something. Anyway, they <clears throat> they did later that afternoon receive a copy of the dissolved protective order, uh, and the kid was found within like 40 minutes of the Amber Alert going out. I mean, could you imagine being the father and your phone goes off and you go, well, crap. Um, anyway, <clears throat> uh very, very interesting that that goes out. I mean, I haven't seen an Amber Alert uh, in, in, in forever. We used to get nixels all the time about kids who had gone missing or whatever, but never a statewide Amber Alert like that. That was some, that was some interesting stuff. And my personal reaction, I found later on thinking about my personal reaction, I was because they didn't say where it happened. It happened in Fairbanks, apparently. It was in Fairbanks. Um, but they didn't tell you in the Amber Alert where it, where it happened. So in looking back at my react, my own personal reaction was, huh, I guess I'll keep a lookout and look for every white Ford light just because you want to do the right thing, right? You just never know. Never know what's going on. All right, let's go over to the phone and see what you have to say. 907-433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Well, good morning, Randy. What's on your mind? Well, yesterday you were talking to your guest, uh, Representative Carpenter, and I want to say I do appreciate you and he talking a little bit about the state balanced budget or what they claim is the balanced budget. I appreciate that. And um, I know I commented a bit in the chat room, your chat room, about that, and a lot of people got riled up and kind of mad at me for touting this balanced budget. But it kind of occurs to me that in certain circumstances, I would shy away from a balanced budget myself, like, for instance, in the federal government of course we've always had a big giant balanced budget which i don't like i wish our budget was balanced but i was thinking what if i was presented with a stark question like like someone said okay we can balance the budget randy since you're such a proponent of a balanced budget but to do so we're going to cut half of uh, america's military spending i would probably say no that's too big of a cost i i'd rather just muddle along like we've been doing and more deficit spending more borrowing rather than cut that you know i have other things i'd like to cut but but not that and another thing more personally is like well what if they said okay we can have a national balanced budget but we're going to cut everybody's social social security in half what would i say then i'd probably say well no that's too severe a lot of people out there depend on their social security and i think i don't know if i'd go along with that though if it was like well, if we can get enough volunteers to cut their Social Security in half, I might join that camp and and say, okay, I'll be willing to do that uh, for a little few years anyway. If we can get a but, ba- truly get a balanced budget, I might sacrifice myself a little bit, you know. Well, but again, but, uh, Randy, I mean, wait a second, wait a second. I would say, I would say, why on the Social Security? That's your money. You paid into it. You're getting a pit, pittance of a return yeah. on it, and you're getting it back. Why would you sacrifice when they've shown that they have no appetite to curtail their spending, to spend it on you know the life cycle of the tsetse fly and the and the mating habits and spend millions of dollars on that kind of? Why would you give up your own money in that regard because they have no interest in 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 uh, pulling back on their own spending habits? Why would you do that? Yeah, I wouldn't want to do it, but. You know, a balanced budget now nationally would be such a prized 
prize, such a wonderful thing, that it would be worth it to me to sacrifice, at least for a few years, uh, to do that. To see that happen, you know, would be kind of exciting, you know. Well, I'd much rather they get rid of the study on the tsetse fly, though, of course. But uh, but uh, it, then here on the state level, you know, if they said, well, we can balance the budget, but we've got to, to defund and get rid of the state troopers or something, I might say, no, no, we better dip more into the constitutional budget reserve rather than that. That's just too extreme. But uh, so, I, so in other words, even someone like me who likes a balanced budget, and I think most of us like a balanced budget, there are areas where we're just not willing to go there because the cost is, is too great. Yeah, but I think you would. I, I think if you would really open your eyes to look at what's going on, Randy, and look at the spending habits in this state, the idea that continuing to give them more money is somehow going to restrict their spending habits is part of the problem. You and I have had this this conversation and this argument before, where you were like, "I'm willing to give them the money until they. I'm willing to give them the money and let them take the PFD and everything else until they get their spending habit under control." My argument has always been, you need to starve the beast. If you take the money away, they have to face the hard choices of what their priorities should be. The CTC fly study would go away if there was not enough money to pay for things like roads and schools and defense and things like that at the national level. Same thing could be said here at the state level. You don't just keep giving them money and say, well, I hope they do a better job next time. What you do is you cut the monies out so they don't have it available to spend. And then temptation doesn't even play a point at that at that at that point. They have to look at their spending and realize that they can't continue to do it, especially now that the CBR is exhausted and everything else is going on. Uh, I mean, that's the problem. You cannot you cannot encourage people to control their spending by just throwing more money at them because they've already proven, you know, past performance is indicative of future results. They've already proven that they can't control their own spending habits, that if there is money in the kitty, they will spend it. If there's money in the savings account, they will spend it. They could have been balancing the budget for the last 10 years, Randy, but instead they spent $16 billion from savings because they didn't have the intestinal fortitude to face the music that the state government is too large. That's the problem. Thank you for your call. Let's go over here. One more call before we go to break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Ray from North Pole. Hello, Ray. What's on your mind? Yeah, I'd just like to make a comment about your bear story the other day. Is this okay? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, it's not political, but uh, to put things in perspective about the killing 200 bears, uh, the Great Bear Lake and the biggest lake in North America in northwestern Canada has 200 bears per mile on its islands that are in the center of that lake. And there's nothing to eat there except each other. <laughs> so, it's a dog-eat-dog world? Is that what you're saying? Or a bear-eat-bear bear world? And I, I've been down in the Besna, up in the mountains there when I was younger, and every 10 minutes I saw a bear. And when I went back to my camp... There was bear tracks in all my footprints. <laughs> right, right. So there's an overabundance of bears. There's an overabundance of wolves. and But everything goes in cycles. And, uh, and like this year it's bees. Next year it's going to be moths. Next year it's going to be something else, bark beetles. I mean, it just everything in nature goes in cycles. 
But there's way too many bears. There's way too many wolves. And that's why nobody's getting moose nowadays. Yeah. So anyway, that's all I have. Thank you. Bye. Well, thank you, Ray. I appreciate you calling in. Look, I don't think that the hundred, because they killed a hundred bears and wolves. It was like 90 bears, 95 bears, and like four wolves or whatever. It was a hundred bears and wolves. I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, I don't know if it will have the effect that they want. I hope it would. I would think that reducing the predator population would help some of those caribou survive. But uh, we don't know. But I don't think the loss of 100 bears in uh, an area like that is going to necessarily slow things down for the long haul. I agree with you. I think that there's plenty of wildlife out there still in that regard. But we'll see how it works out. We'll see how it happens. All right. We got to go. The Michael Duke Show continues. One final segment dead ahead. And uh, we've got the phone lines open. We're going to do some good news when we get back. We'll talk about that. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free thinking radio. Open line, open form today. Any topic is fair game. 907-433-3150. Give us a call during the break. Get in the queue. And we will continue right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. Okay. Oh. Uh, when the crappy news about politics, etc. gets to me, I go to YouTube and look at the wild palace cats. <laughs> and I go look at food stuff. I go look at food videos or I look at uh, uh, or I look at crafting videos uh, or video game videos, you know, things about video games. I do all that because you're right. There's more to life than politics. And I'm just grateful that there are other things to think about other than this madness for sure. Um. Greg says, thankfully, they didn't shoot him. The father who had the protective order dissolved. Thankfully, they didn't shoot him. And you're right, Timothy. No apologies given. Sorry. 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 And Brian asked, was there ever any resolution to the false protective order claimed against the teacher in Palmer? I don't know if she's decided to go. um, I don't know if she's decided to. It wasn't a protective order. It was a psych hold. They put her under a psych hold and they took her to the, to the, I don't know. Uh, there was discussion that she was going to get an attorney. I don't know what happened with that or not, but, um, okay. Going through here, going through here. Um, uh, squandering big money. Um, Yeah. Everyone takes, this is the whole problem, you know, why you're never going to get a balanced budget by just letting them have at it and do what they want. Everyone takes a cut as the money flows through and someone is making fortune, uh, fortunes renting money to the government. Yep. Um, 
To me, the mass killing isn't an issue as much as the wasting the meats and the hides. I don't know if they did. I don't know. I mean, maybe you've read something more about this. The articles that I've read have been very light on details. But I would imagine that they just didn't kill. Uh, Maybe they did. Maybe they did. I don't know. But I just can't imagine that they would want and waste. I can't imagine that they would do something like that. Sandy says that that teacher has an attorney and she is prosecuting. She is going back on it. So I'm, I'd love to hear the finish of that story. I'd love to hear the finish of that story for sure. All right. Uh, we got a line on hold. Let's go over to the phones and get the caller's name so that we can be ready when we return to the radio here with some phone calls. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Rob G.I. Rob G.I.? Where are you at, Rob? Kenai. Kenai. Okay. Rob on the Kenai. Hold the line, Rob. I'll be right back to you. You'll be first up in the queue. Don't go anywhere. You're good. Number one with a bullet. You'll be good to go. Um, How come when... <laughs> Timothy says, how come when Randy and politicians speak about cuts, it's never to social programs like welfare? Well, because that's a voting constituency. That's a that's a voting constituency. Frank says that all the hides have been salvaged. Black bears were given to villages. Grizzly bear meat was not used because ew, nasty. Although it does make good jerky. Uh, not jerky. Pep sticks. Pepperoni sticks. That's what I meant. Still a little gamey, but tasty, tasty. Um. That's a buttload of work skinning all those bears. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine? Only 99 to go, Johnny. (laughs) Killed us 100 bears today. 99 to go. Uh, Social Security isn't welfare. You pay for it. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Bear chili is delicious, says Jill. Never had bear chili. Never had bear chili. But... Okay. <clears throat> um, even McCabe went straight to troopers and roads when he talked about cutting, not welfare or work requirements for welfare and things like Medicaid. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think, well, though, he was not talking about cutting. He was talking about the monies that he got for the process. When they cut, and he was talking about what they'd cut in the past, um, he he said that uh, that was the first thing that they cut. He didn't talk about it. He was reporting on what they had cut out of his district. So he wasn't advocating for that. He was fighting about that. So, Michael, what games are you into? Uh, I've been playing Diablo 4, by the way. Somebody talked me into it because I've been playing Star Citizen for the last year, which is an open world, uh, open universe RPG thing, uh, which is amazingly fun. Um, but I have been playing Diablo 4 since last weekend. It is amazingly fun as well. It's very much, it harkens back to the old Diablo 2 days, uh, and it is just a supreme amount of fun. Great storytelling, great graphics, great combat, totally enjoyable. Worth it, absolutely worth it. If you haven't picked it up yet, go check it out. Um, all right, we got to go. Uh, sorry, I was answering, answering Tyler's question there. Uh, feel free. Here we go. 
Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Okay, um, one final segment of the show for today. Shall we do the good news segment? I mean, let's see, I got, eh, I don't care about that story. I don't care about that story. I do care about that story, but I really don't want to talk about it today. Um, all right, let me just kill some of these other stories and let's get on to the good news. Before we do that, though, Rob in Kenai had something that he wanted to say. He called in this morning at 907-433-3150. Let's go see what Rob has to say. Good morning, my friend. What's on your mind? Hello, Rob. That's you. Hey, sorry. I'm working here. You know, I was just saying that most likely that cable was cut by an anchor that dragged across it, that fiber optic. Uh, fiber optic cable in the North Slope. You think that an anchor dragged it? I mean, they said it was 13 yeah. feet below the seabed. I mean, that's a pretty deep dive for an anchor. Yeah, well, yeah, well, well yeah, well, we got, I mean, if, if, it's, if it's soft, you know, it's, so with the tide coming in so much, and bringing all it comes in so quick, you know the pipelines. They have to put a concrete bag, uh, uh, sacrete or water, the secrete under them. But yeah, no, an anchor could drag that deep if it's soft silt, you know. And that's what it is: is the tide moves in and out. It could be uh, somebody else. Uh, yeah. Somebody it's else. Like, somebody else also said that the seafloor yeah, there is is seismically active, so maybe the seafloor. Could have uh, could have moved and shifted or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I just it is interesting that that story came out the same yeah. week. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's all I want to say. Thanks, Mike. Hey, thanks, Rob. Appreciate you listening. Have appreciate appreciate you. you. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. Uh, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Three, one, five, zero. Um, all right. For those of you who are fans of a galaxy far, far away, I may have some good news for you. I may have some good news for you um, because it, you don't have to go to a galaxy far, far away. If you're looking for Tatooine, you may have, we may have found one. A new solar system has been found where planets orbit two suns, just like on Tatooine, Luke Skywalker's home planet in Star Wars. It's the fifth multi-sun system ever discovered, and the third one that features two stars. Um, now, you <laughs> astronomers at the University of Brigham, uh, Birmingham have discovered another binary star system called Bebop-1. Bebop is... Uh, Binaries Escorted by Orbiting Planets, or B-E-B-O-P, Bebop. I love that, Bebop. 
Three years ago, the Birmingham researchers uh, found that planet called TOI 1338b, orbiting two suns that had already been spotted by NASA's Test Space, Telex uh, Te Space Telescope. The planet was found using the transit method, meaning that they look at the perceived light that's dropped in front of the as the planet passes in front of the sun. They're able to use the light drop and the difference of the infrared spectrums and everything else to discover, you know, the planets and all that stuff. So far, 5,000 exoplanets have been found since the two were first identified in 1992. Uh, they were able to register the planet's size, but it's not its mass. In the study of exoplanets, mass is the more important things, whether or not it, the planet is rocky or has an atmosphere, gaseous. Using the state-of-the-art instruments... The team tried to measure the mass of uh, 1338b. Despite their best efforts, they could not achieve their goal, but instead discovered a second planet, Bebop-1c, and measured its mass instead. They said that it has an orbital period of 215 days and a mass 65 times larger than Earth, which is about five times less than Jupiter's mass. And they say that that likely indicates that it's a gas giant. So don't pack your bags yet. Uh, there are... Uh, at the moment, only two planets are known to be in the Bebop-1 system, and uh, it's uh, it's interesting. Discovered by the Space Telescope, several star systems in the constellation Cygnus have two stars, and the those were the first ones to excite Star Wars fans. Kepler-16b is also a gas giant, uh, with a different star system designated Kepler-35 not only has a gas giant, but they estimate there could be two rocky worlds sitting in the system's habitable zone, where radiation and temperature are not too hot and not too cold, the Goldilocks zone. So anyway, interesting, interesting. I mean, I'm fascinated by space and space travel and all that kind of stuff. That's a that's a fun story. So in a galaxy far, far away, no, it could be right around the corner. Speaking, although it didn't tell us how far the Cygnus system is, I imagine since uh, Alpha Centauri, which is the closest system, is like four light years away, which means. I mean, that's hundreds of years in regular space travel time. It'll be a while. I love to see what's happening with technology. And 3D printing has come a long way from printing things in your on your desktop to larger machines to metal 3D printing and fabricators. Now, of course, you're seeing more and more buildings being built with 3D printers using uh, new forms of concrete and thinking uh, and and uh, uh, concrete and other types of materials. There's a young entrepreneur who is now using 3D printers to create cheap school campuses in rural Madagascar. It takes about $40,000 and 18 hours to build a thinking hut, as they're called, and they're aiming to get the cost even lower before handing the reins over to the local professionals. Maggie Grout's idea came about in 2021 during the pandemic. That was when she and a San Francisco architect came up with the idea of making honeycomb-shaped modules so that they could be added seamlessly. Madagascar is one of the most challenging places in Africa to develop, but also the most opportune owing to the lack of any armed conflicts and a government welcome, uh, welcoming to foreign workers. But they have extreme poverty, lack of infrastructure, terrible roads, and a delicate, priceless natural ecosystem. So, Grout brought her 3D printers over in a single shipping container and has now printed a school in the town of Fianna Aratosa, Fianna Aratosa, a city in the southern central Madagascar for 200,000 people. She says, it's a really the first project. I've learned how to streamline the process. I've learned how to put the supply chain together. 
And then I've learned how to work in harmony with the local people. Um, and anyway, this is a very, very cool thing. I'm going to drop a link in the chat room to this story so you can kind of go watch the, uh, the video on it. It's a cool video and gives some, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, this is cool. 3d printing, especially in large projects is the way, um, is the way things I think are going in the future. You'll see a lot more of these and now they're making these 3D modular projects where they print certain walls and then pack them up and send them out. I mean it all kinds of all kinds of good stuff. But 3D printing it's the way of the future. I guarantee it. It's going to be interesting. Uh one more story. What do we oh, we may not have time. Uh yoga for elephants. Houston in Houston, Texas, the Houston Zoo, the elephants are being taught how to do yoga. <laughs> Doing the yoga, the elephant keep, keepers are able to look full at their entire bodies from trunk to tail, check the range of motion and everything else. Even elephants benefit from yoga. They've got pictures of this elephant literally standing on its head doing this yoga pose. I mean, how do you talk them into it? That's, I mean, how do you talk an elephant into doing yoga? Maybe they enjoy it. Maybe they enjoy it. Anyway, um, more good news over at goodnewsnetwork.org. If you want to go over and take a look at some of these stories, there's some fun stuff over there. But we're out of time for today. Tomorrow, Firearms Friday. Yeah, baby, I'm ready for that. We'll get back to it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. That's what it's all about. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Okay, let me see what's going on. Rick. Rick, I need to get some eggs. That's all I'm saying. I need to get I need to get some eggs, Rick. I need to come over and talk to you. Have you ever tied f- there what? What? I'm sorry. I just saw the I'm just like, what are you talking about? Jill says, ever tried fried turkey nuts? There's some restaurant in the lower 48 California that serves them, and my guy raves about them. I can't imagine. Fried turkey nuts? I What is, I mean, literally? I don't think turkeys have testicles, do they? If so, I'm willing to try about it. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, hey, I'm trying it. Um, let's see. Uh, obviously, I'm going through the other notes. Um... Uh, I thought it was noted. There's no more sea ice or polar bears, says Frank. Apparently. Um, all right. Going through here. Big Coop. Good name for a tattoo parlor, says Brian. Tattoo Queen. Not to be confused with Mississippi Queen. Or Drag Queen, says Bill. Just to chip in. Um, all right. It's just thinking pod. We could definitely use them. You know what I mean, says Donna. I don't know what Donna was talking about to say, you know, I hate it when I can't see things in order sometimes on this chat. All right. Well, we are ready to go. Of course, birds have gonads. I guess I just haven't seen any, but I'd try anything once. I mean, why not? I've had, I've, even if you throw it up, it's at least an experience worth having. Uh, all right, my friends. Well, we got to go. 
Thank you for coming in. We appreciate you being part of it. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show